around the world, they drink this beverage in its many exotic forms. Half coffee and half hot milk. I want to, I want to. I want to, I want to. I'll praise the Lord, Lord. and keep the faith. Only G.O.D. could be a king to me. If you love me, you got to represent him well. Believe the scripture. Thank you for tuning in to Macchiato's Music and the Scriptures. I'm your host, Martinez. Please subscribe to these podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, and now Google Play. You can also follow me on social media at mbills314. If you'd like to send me an email, you can send it to mmsmedia314 at gmail.com. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we're back again. I want to thank everybody for uh, supporting the show everybody who tunes in every time i upload you know shout out to everyone listening on spotify apple or wherever you're listening i appreciate you for listening and you who are listening who may have been sent this episode uh by someone i appreciate you for tuning in today we're going to start a new series uh so this will be episode number 74 and pro- i can't really say how many i would probably say either three or four But in the next several episodes, I want to talk about the storms of life. Uh, Storms of life meaning trials, temptations, tests, all those things. All those things that are pretty much inevitable. Those things that we all experience, whether you be a believer or a non-believer. These are things that we all are going to experience. There's nothing, this is nothing that you can pray away. This is nothing that you can fast away as far as keep them from coming. Um, But there is a way as to how God wants us to respond to, you know, hard times in life. And um, there are some interesting things the scripture says about temptations, tests and trials that I think that we need to pay attention to we need to be reminded of it and for some of us we may be um, seeing it for the first time but um, I think it's very vital for us in this life because you know when we go through hard times does that mean that God isn't good Uh, does it mean that God isn't there I mean what's going on exactly so we want to dig into that today so With no further ado, let's go to the book of John, chapter 16, and let's look at verse 33. Yo, check it real quick. I will be reading out of the New Living Translation version of the Bible. You may be reading out of the traditional King James or possibly another version, but it's all good because we're still going to end up in the same place. All right, because no matter which way you cut it, it's still going to be chocolate cake. All right, verse 33, Jesus speaking. It says, I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. I'll read it again. I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth, 
you will have many trials and sorrows. But take heart because I have overcome the world. So Jesus is saying that in him. So this is one thing is you have to be in him. In him, he says, we will have peace. Now, if you make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, you now are in him. He says, but in this earth in which you're physically living, you will have. Notice, he says, you will have many trials and sorrows. But then he says, well, be of good cheer because I have overcome the world. So if we're in him and he overcame, the reason why he says be of good cheer is because if he overcame, then that means that we will overcome. Got it? So one thing we know for sure, we just want to establish a foundation as before we keep going, is that trials and trials tests, these things are going to happen. Okay. Now let's go to James chapter one, James chapter one. Let's look at verse two. It says, dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect. That word perfect just simply means mature, doesn't mean flawless. You will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. Verse 5 If you need wisdom, Ask our generous God and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. But when you ask him, be sure that your faith is in God alone. Do not waver for a person with divided loyalty is an is as unsettled as a wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. Such people should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Their loyalty is divided between God and the world, and they are unstable in everything they do. Wow, that was a mouthful. So what did we learn here? We learned that James is encouraging us through the Holy Spirit that when the troubles of life come, consider it an opportunity for great joy. Right. He says, because when troubles of life come, it's an opportunity for your endurance to grow. And he says that your faith is being tested. Your faith in who or faith in what? We're only talking about faith in God. We're not talking about faith in your spouse or faith in your children or faith in um, a material thing. We're talking about faith in God. And then he says, when your endurance is fully developed, you will be mature, complete, needing nothing. Then he says, while we're going through the hard time, ask God for wisdom. When we go through things, you don't just go through it. Lock yourself in the bedroom, close the curtain and put on some sad songs and sing a Lord, why me? 
that is not the proper way to handle hardship. That, doing that is going to bring on something else. Like depression. And then with depression, it can bring on something else and that can trigger to something else and then something else and something else. Satan is behind that work. So that's what you don't want to do. Okay, so if you're listening to me and you've been doing that, now that you know, don't do it. When you're facing now, you may be tempted to want to do it because you may be like, oh my goodness, everything is just going on and I'm just tired when just lock myself in. Now, it's not, I'm not saying you can't go somewhere quiet, but I'm talking about people who do this, like this is how they handle stuff. And they go days upon days upon days. That's not healthy. That's not mentally healthy. We were we were not even created to be alone. So by you spending extensive time alone like that isn't healthy. You know, we talk a lot about mental health. That's definitely not good for your mental health. We were created for fellowship. We were created for that. Okay, now let's keep going. So no locking yourself in a room, okay? We're going we gonna to come to the solution, and God's going to show us how to do it. So the main thing he tells us to do is that when we're going through a hardship, ask him for wisdom. Ask him, Lord, this is happening. How should I respond? What should I do? What would you have me, what would you have for me to do in this situation? And then he says, once you ask him, he will give it to you. He's not going to rebuke you for asking, meaning that, you're going through a hardship, you know, your faith is being tested and you're asking for wisdom. He's not going to come to you and say, now, dummy, don't you know I'm not going to help? No, you figure it out. He's not going to do that. He's a loving father. He's not going to rebuke you for asking. And we're going to find out as to why he won't rebuke you as we keep reading. So he says, when you ask him, though, be sure to be sure that your faith is in God alone, meaning that. This is what prayer in general, when you're praying to the Lord, I don't know about you, but when I pray, I'm, I'm expecting an answer. I'm expecting results. I'm not just praying because I don't have any, anything else to do. You know what I'm saying? When you're seeking God, you're seeking him for answers because as you're in the earth, so many different things come at you that you need to know how to navigate through certain things. And I don't know. And you don't know, but the Lord knows. So when you come to him, you have to come expecting to receive. You can't come to him, as I stated before, like, you know, with your tail between your legs, so to speak, and saying like, you know, Lord, well, if you're not busy, you know, or some people have the wrong perspective. They think that, well, God is, you know, he put this on me to teach me something. Now, you can learn something in the midst of any trial. But I don't believe that's why the trial comes. And we're going to find out why. So you need to have faith in him. And that's why he says, um, don't waver for a person with divided loyalty is as unsettled as a wave of the sea. You can't be unsettled. We have to be steady. And the reason why you can't be unsettled is because as things happen in life, he wants you to be stable. It doesn't mean you might not get knocked off your chair by a storm or, or knocked down but you get back up the bible says a righteous man falls seven times 
falls six times and gets up seven. So you want to stand. Like I said, you may get knocked down, but get back up. Ask God for wisdom and you're expecting him to impart it to you. Get connected to the word on a whole nother level. Listen to Macchiato's Music and the Scriptures podcast with Martinez. Keeping it moving, a whole other career. Right now, he's rapping for the Lord. We're going we're gonna to find out about all that. First of all, Bushwick, thank you very much for being on UndergroundHipHop.com, brother. Word is born. I mean, I mean, I'm just, I just want to do inspirational music, man. Rap music that got life in it. Not saying that anybody else's music don't have life, but I'm just not promoting sex, drugs, and rock and roll. <laughs> Was it? But was there a, a, a turning point that you can put your finger on that made you decide to to start rapping for the Lord? Yeah, and the reason was this. The last Ghetto Boy show I did on the foundation, we was in um, Indianapolis, and we were doing When It Get Gangsta. And this kid got stomped in the audience and almost died, and I stopped rapping my verse and made them turn the light on to help the kid in the audience come to find out he was the promoter's nephew from college dancing, throwing up signs like the videos and know what he was doing in the wrong place. And at that moment, I realized that it's like what Shakespeare said, if music be the food of love, then play on. But if it's the food of hate, it's the food of discontention, if it's the, 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 the food of, of misconception and violence and aggravation, then it's not the right kind of music to play on when music's supposed to be for entertainment purpose, not to incite riots or violence, but just to entertain. At that moment, I knew there had to be a better way. I didn't know how I was going to do it, but I got inspired by God, got around the right people, Trey Nine from Much Love Studios, and then when I saw what he was doing with SOM Soldiers on a Mission, I was like, well, you can rap and talk about things that you know. I've been to Bible school, I know about God, and to take what I know about the street and what I know about God and put it together and give people food for thought and spiritual soul food, then, you know, you can't go wrong from there because it's longevity music, it's not seasonal. Now, of course, just off the bat, I mean, when people hear Bushwick Bill from the Ghetto Boys is doing music, religious music, of course, right away, oh, man, he must have, you know, whatever. You must experience a lot of frustration in, in, in facing that. How do, you, how do you expect to sell records and, and, and sort of convert people to take it seriously? Well, basically, it depends on who's listening. And I believe that when you're, if I could rap about sex, violence, and killing, and didn't know if people would listen to me do a song called Chucky talking about, I, I want seafood, so I fished in a child's head. I'm talking about killing kids on Ghetto Boy albums. I didn't know nobody would listen to that, but they did. So I believe if I'm speaking positive, and I'm speaking spiritual life and, and vitality in my lyrics, speaking words of life, then there's got to be people that's sick of the rigmarole and just want something that they could sit down with their children and discuss. This concludes side A. Please flip to side B. Now let's jump down to verse 12 in the same chapter, James chapter 1. Verse 12. It says, God blesses those who patiently endure testing and temptation. Afterward, they will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. Now, this is talking about after we transition from this life to the next, 
to be with him. Because the Bible says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. That, you know, as you go through life and you overcome these temptations, tests, and trials, he says at the end of your life, we're going to receive a crown. Okay? That's what that verse is talking about. Next verse, verse 13, it says, And remember, when you are being tempted, do not say, God is tempting me. Remember I said earlier about people saying God is, you know, teaching me something, he's tempting you. He says, do not say God is tempting me. God is never tempted to do wrong. And he never tempts anyone. Here we go. Verse 14. Temptation comes from our own desires, which entice us and drag us away. These desires give birth to sinful actions, and when sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to death. So don't be misled, my dear brothers and sisters. Whatever is good and perfect is a gift coming down to us from God our Father. Hallelujah. So he's saying, when we go in through temptations, don't say, God is tempting me. Because it says, God, he says, God can't tempt, he doesn't tempt any man with evil. He says, but we're tempted when we're drawn away by our own desires and lusts and all these different things. Now, what happens is God allows the temptation. See, a lot of stuff that we get involved in, it is by our own doing, our desires, our whatever have you. You know, so for instance, you have a person who who comes to work late consistently, right? And then you get a written, you get a write up. Depends on your job, y'all. They may have different protocol. You get a write up, and then you keep coming to work late. And then they say, okay, this is your final write up. Guess what? You still come to work late. Sure, you may have came to work on time a couple of times, but you still come to work late. And then they let you go. Okay, so bam, you don't have a job. So here you are, filing for unemployment looking for a job in the midst of this you have a car note that's due and you have rent or mortgage that's due you have insurance you have all these different things that you're responsible for financially that that particular job was taken care of but you weren't managing your job you wasn't being a good steward now question did God take the job away no well who took the job away your actions did. Your employer just made the final decision, but you act. This was this is your doing. So now, if you and I'm just using this as an example, just to give you kind of a visual. So now, what you need to do is you need to first of all repent. You know, ask God to help you on your timeliness, and then ask Him for wisdom as okay what to do next of course it's to get another job but allow him to navigate and lead you you see what i'm saying no sense of locking yourself in a room no sense of calling people telling them how how they just prejudice that's all it is they just didn't want a black uh-uh it ain't got nothing to do with that it had everything to do with you coming to work late you know and sure you may be listening like well i come to work on time i did everything right and they still let me go okay that does happen so now, like I stated before, you're in a situation where you were financially responsible for things. No income is coming in. So now what? What I'll encourage you to do is what it says right here. Ask God for wisdom. 
this is an opportunity okay my faith now your faith is being put to the test but is god putting your faith to the test by taking your job away no why would god do that no he didn't do that did he allow it well obviously <laughs> he allowed it so that's why it's saying okay now let's put your faith to work all right by asking him for wisdom staying prayerful staying joyful and i'm gonna show you now we probably won't get to it all in this one episode but by the end of this series we're going to know how to properly handle temptations tests and trials all right so temptation comes when we're drawn away by our own lust we got that all right um let's go to isaiah 43 let's look at verse 2 it says when you go through deep waters i will be with you when you go through rivers of difficulty you will not drown when you walk through the fire of oppression you will not be burnt up the flames will not consume you i am for i am the lord your god the holy one of israel your savior I'll just stop right there so the book of isaiah he's saying when we go through deep waters or hard times he said number one he's going to be with us number two when you go through rivers of difficulty he says you will not drown so whatever situation you're dealing with he's saying you're not going to drown it's not going to overtake you you're not going to die from it but there are things that we must do in the midst of this because we can prolong certain things by not clinging to the lord it's not even really a type of formula or anything that i'm trying to you know get you to understand the i mean the formula if you want to say anything is really just going to the lord that's it it's not saying this is step one this is step two this is step three it's just a matter of number one going to the lord and with going to him is going to require you asking him for wisdom and amongst some other things all right and for believers this should be our first step when you get in trouble you don't run from god you run to him even if it was something that you caused i've been there i'm sure all of us have been there so everything in my life you know sometimes didn't just happen by happenstance sometimes it was a result of my bad decision making the lust and when he talks about lust he's not talking about sex and every time we hear lust we think sex automatically it's just talking about an intense appetite for something your desire to have something so bad that you just can't wait you can't be patient you want i don't want it now i don't want to wait so we get involved in things invest money in things that god never told us to we do it it goes belly up you know what doesn't work and then we looking nuts I'm like oh man god how you let this happen he was like how i let it happen <laughs> you know what i'm saying like i ain't do it but i'm going to deliver you out of it if you come to me and i'll show you how to navigate through it see god has a way of getting us out of things and then once he gets you out he can make it so that there's not even a trace of evidence that you even been in a thing that's how powerful and loving he is you can't even find a trace of whatever it was you've been through all right so he promises that when we go through the fire when we go through the waters we won't drown and the fire won't consume us that's a promise 
Now let's go back to John chapter 16. We're going to look at verse um, 23 through 24. So God promises, although hardships come, promises that he will be with us. He will not abandon us. Look at verse 23 in John 16. It says, at that time, you won't need to ask me for anything. I tell you the truth. You will ask the father directly and he will grant your request because you use my name. Verse 24, you haven't done this before. Ask using my name and you will receive and you will have abundant joy. Remember how we were reading in James about when he says, you know, uh, keep your joy and it's opportunity for great joy and to count it all joy. We count it all joy and we're, we can, we're able to say joyful because we put in a request. You stay joyful by staying connected to the Lord, regardless of the hardship. Now, in this verse, he's talking to the disciples, and this is before that he was crucified. While Jesus was walking the earth, they didn't have to pray. You know, this is like if Jesus was still physically here. We're praying for you just go to Jesus. They just went to him. Then he said, you don't have, you don't need to ask the father for anything right now. I'm, I'm with you. He says, but he said, you haven't done this before. He says, but ask using my name and you will receive and you will have abundant joy. The reason why you have abundant joy is because you're going to receive what you ask according to his will. And we know that his will is his word. So if he promises that he's with us in the midst of a storm, we got that. We don't ever have to question that. The enemy is a trickster. He's a deceiver. He's going to try to make us think that because of what we did or didn't do, that God is upset with us and he is not present with us. But God is showing us. And this is why faith is so important is because you never want to wait for a feeling because that's why I said faith is not a feeling. Faith is faith. Faith doesn't have feelings connected to it. You trust and believe in what God has said, act on what he said, and then the evidence will come. So what the enemy wants to do is when hardship comes, you know, you get in, as we say, we get in our feelings and like, man, I just don't feel like God is here. But because you don't feel like he's not there, does that mean he's not there? And my question is, well, what does God feel like? Because if you don't, if he's a feeling, then that means that when you don't feel him, he's not there. He's only there when you feel him. But that is not true. And that's not biblically accurate. He's there because he said he's there, whether you ever feel him or not. Now, sure. There are times when you can sense the presence of God. And if you haven't gotten there, keep living, keep seeking him, stay in prayer. You'll sense his presence. But if there's times where I don't sense his presence, I know he's still there because I'm not living by my feelings. I'm not conducting my life based on my emotions. Emotions are natural. Yes, but we have to get our emotions under control because one thing you don't want to do in the midst of hardship is trust your emotions and hardship emotions cannot be trusted ever 
You cannot trust your emotions and hardship. You'll be up today, down tomorrow, in the middle of the next. Can't do it. Can't be trusted. Your trust literally has to be in the word of God alone. In the Lord alone. Let them emotions follow your faith. You don't let your faith follow your emotions. That's what we got to do. Myself included. I'm not excluded. These are even reminders for me. And this is the reason why God placed on my heart to start this series, because it's something we all need to hear or something that we all need to be reminded of, because this is something that we're going to be experiencing throughout our lives. And we need to know how to handle these things. So if you're going through a hard time right now, I want you to tune in every week. I'm going to be bringing these consistently, at least for the the next three or four weeks on this series. I want you to tune in. I want you to subscribe. I want you to send this to your cousin or whoever you know who may have never heard of this podcast, who you know that may be dealing with a hard time. Tell them to subscribe because we're going to really, really dig in. We're going to look at some biblical examples of individuals who went through hard times and we're going to look at how God brought them out. We're going to look at some decisions that they made that got themselves in it. You know what I'm saying? And and we're going to learn and grow. You know what I'm saying? It's just a term of you can't keep birds from flying over your head, but you can keep them from building a nest in your hair. It's the same thing with trials. You can't stop trials from coming. The very first passage of scripture we read was in John 16, where Jesus said that as long as you're in this earth, trials <laughs> and sorrows are going to come. But he says, well, be of good cheer because I overcame the world. And nobody suffered as much as Jesus did so the stuff that we're dealing with is just a slap in the bucket you know what I mean so if he's telling us to be of good cheer and then he's telling us he's with us my lord what do we have to be afraid of we really (laughs) just have to endure and the endurance doesn't have a time frame so it doesn't mean necessarily you have to be you, you know that's why I said we have to get time off of our minds we you know, we're all consumed with time. Like, that's how we think. Like, when we're in something, oh, Lord, how long is this going to take? You know, and then we hear people's stories. Oh, well, you know, I didn't. I was in that for five years. So now we thinking, oh, man, am I going to be in this? No, you have to get time off your mind. We just have to focus. Remember how God was telling us to focus faithful today? Focus on each day. Not next Friday. Just focus on today. Get through today. And the more we focus in on that, next thing you know you out of it you know so let's focus in let's trust god we're going to believe god during this series we're going to learn some things you probably never learned before and we want to grow in him that's what he desires for us to do is to grow in him all right if this podcast has been a blessing to you please send this to your family and your friends remember that you can subscribe to these podcasts on apple Podcasts, spotify youtube and google play Again, if you would like to send me an email, please send your emails to mmsmedia314 at gmail.com. You can follow me on social media at mbills314. Remember these words from the book of Romans, chapter 3, verse 4, the latter part of verse 4. Let God be true and every man be a liar. Until next time, I'm out.